0: As you're listening to another episode of Shifted Radio. I'm Mike, and today we have a great episode lined up. Blake Parlett is here to join us. Blake is currently playing for the Ice Baron Berlin in the Deutsche Eishockey League, the DEL. As of today, Blake has played in 473 career professional games, including 92 in the KHL and 284 in the AHL. Blake has also represented Canada at the 2016 Spengler Cup, where he helped the team win the tournament. He also won a championship last year with his team in Finland in the Liga. Blake is one of my good friends, and we used to be defense partners uh, back in 2012-13. And he's just a great guy, and I'm really glad to have him on the show today. So without further ado, we are pleased to have Blake join us today welcome blake how you doing today buddy what's berlin like right now
1: hey mike how's it going good uh, Good. berlin's pretty good the weather's not too bad we uh we got a little bit of snow the last couple of days but it's just raining right now
0: nice what's exciting in the city right now that's a, for everyone listening it's a pretty cool spot you're at
1: yeah it's a pretty good city you know it's uh it's bigger than I expected before, you know, I arrived, but uh right now there's a lot of buzz around the city, you know, all the Christmas markets in Europe have opened up in the last couple of weeks and um you know they're they're pretty nice to uh to experience that nighttime. You know, you go there, all the lights and some good food and you know, just, just a cool thing to get out of the house and check out. Um, you know, it's a big staple of Europe around Christmas time, I feel like. For sure, for sure. It's one of the
0: biggest and best things that i really like about about playing hockey in europe is you get to experience those christmas markets i think that's something that uh has really drawn me to
1: keep coming back (laughs) yeah exactly i agree
0: so we gave uh everyone a quick cole's notes version of your bio but uh why don't you expand and give us a little bit more about who blake Parlett is
1: um yeah you know uh I'm a professional hockey player, defenseman. i currently playing for uh, in Germany in the DL for the Ice Baron uh, Berlin. Um, I'm a right-handed shot. Uh, this is my third year playing overseas in Europe. Uh, my eighth-year professional, the previous five were um, in North America in the American League, so that's a bit about me uh, hockey-wise. That's a
0: few years played. Jeez, has that already been eight years? Oh, man.
1: Yeah, I think this is my eighth year. So, I mean, like anyone will tell you, it, it flies by and every year seems to go faster than the next.
0: I know, right? Jeez, I, I can't believe it's already my 12th year. And I and I'm, i still think of you like, I just started playing and, and you're, you're uh, I came, when I came to the squad with you in Connecticut, you were just a young kid.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was a while ago. I think that what was that? My second or third year that you ended up getting traded to our team? And...
0: Yeah, I think I came at the end of twenty eleven, twenty twelve, I think. Yeah. And then we play. We were defense partners the next year, though. That was cool. Yeah, or we a were bit of the year, anyways.
1: <laughs> we both yeah. had good years that year, so yeah, it yeah seems, it was, seems to make sense.
0: Yeah, solid years, absolutely. I mean, it's. I mean, I would attribute my success to playing with you, so it's
1: fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's nice of you to say. <laughs>
0: Well, why don't we jump into a couple of questions? Um, I guess uh, we'll start at the beginning. We'll go way, way back. Um, I guess uh, I'll start off with a really, really deep, deep question. Did you always know you wanted to be a hockey player?
1: <laughs> um, I think the answer to that is probably yes. I mean, I can't remember a time growing up when anything surpassed hockey as, you know, my dream job in the future. So that would be a yes. For sure. I mean,
0: that's probably a solid answer from, uh, a lot of hockey players. Um, do you remember if there was a moment, uh, where you're, you figured out like, Hey, this is what I'm supposed to do. And you remember how old you were?
1: Um, I'm, I don't think there was a time when I really, you know, thought this is what I was supposed to do, but, um, I do remember I was about 15 years old. Um, when I realized that you know I might actually have a chance at doing this as a, as a you know as a job as a career uh, to be able to play professional hockey, and uh yeah it was I was going in my OHL draft year, and mm-hmm. um, at that time, uh, you were still allowed to play junior A hockey or junior B or junior C. Um, they didn't have the rule where you um, draft play you know Triple A or minor hockey okay. so um I got invited to the Huntsville Otters Junior A camp and, uh, one of the owners of the team was Sherry Basson, who was also, um, GM and part owner of the Erie Otters. So basically after one of the skates, you know, he just, he came up to talk to me and said, you know, I'd I'd like you play. I'd like you, I'd like you to play for my team this year. Um, you know, kind of what are your thoughts, you know, what have you thought about, you know, doing as far as OHL or, you know, the school route of things. And, uh, you know, he basically kinda of just said, you know, if you choose to go to the OHL, um, would you come to Erie and possibly play for my team? So I mean that was kinda of the eye opener conversation that I, I can remember from day one where it kinda of sunk in that okay, wow, like this guy, you know, sees something in me. I might I might have a chance to play playing the OHL. That's, so uh,
0: that's pretty cool. I didn't know that. That's uh that's pretty good. I mean you got uh are in the right spot at the right time and I mean yeah, you definitely made the most of that opportunity. I think that was a pretty good uh bet from Mr. Basson there, I would say.
1: Yeah, he was he was definitely one of um one of the people I looked to for inspiration, you know, in junior hockey and in the early stages of my career. So
0: Good. Um well it's fair to say you've been preparing for this uh, since you were a kid. Uh but I'm sure that what you notice about hockey today is a lot different from even back then, even though it wasn't so long ago. I mean, can you describe some of the difference you notice in the game today?
1: Well, I think, I think a lot of things are pretty obvious for most people um, who watch the game. You know, obviously the speed and the skill of the young players coming up now is just, it's at such a high level that it's, it's hard to, you know, imagine what it was like when we were back or when we were younger players um other than that though i think it's basically you know that's what it comes down to and it, the reason for that is i think it starts with you know how hard guys train off the ice in the summertime and you know continue that training um during the season you know for sure i
0: mean i've got a first-hand look at what you've been you've been training like in the last uh, few years i've been training partners for what five years now six years
1: yeah, I think five summers yeah, now.
0: Yeah, it's been uh, it's been great, actually, with uh, Dennis and the boys. It's been uh, awesome. I love having you in my group, and I hope that you like having me in your group.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, we, we've had some good times in the summer, and I think that makes it a lot easier to push through some of the days where you don't really feel like, you know, working out that hard or five days a week in the off season. You know, the guys you surround yourself with and some of the guys that we've had in our group over the last couple summers are – they make it fun going to the gym every day, you know, and I feel like that helps a lot. Yeah. It's
0: such a different dynamic in this, in the off season, as opposed to being in season when, you know, you spend so much time with these guys in season that you get to go and take a little refresh in the, in the summertime. It's good to kind of get away and have another group of friends, at least for me, that's my perspective on it. I don't know. How do you feel about that?
1: Yeah. Same sort of thing. You know, it's, we see each other at the gym every day and you know, guys are joking and, it's just different than you get, you know, with some of your friends who who don't play hockey or, you know, are in uh, full time jobs during the summer. For you know? Sure.
0: So what what do you think some of the biggest differences between European hockey and North American hockey are?
1: Um. Well, like I said, you know, it's my third year in Europe now. <clears throat> and, um, I've been in a couple different leagues so far, and the thing I didn't realize before actually going to you know the leagues I've been in and seeing the hockey is how different um, individually that they are over here, you know? Yeah. I mean, before you come over, um, you know, the obvious differences between North America and the European hockey or, you know, the size of the ice that the game's played on and the physicality of it. But uh, when you really get over here and, you know, see some of the different hockey, as I'm sure, you know, you've been part of, you know, a couple of different countries and different leagues as well, you'll be able to attest to it as well. But, uh, yeah, it's just... Each league is so individual, individually different compared to the next.
0: Yeah, it's amazing how each country, the, like their mentality comes through in the sporting scene. And you can definitely see what the culture is like by just watching the way the hockey is played. That's my opinion and the way it's all
1: operated and run from day to day. Yeah, exactly. And my first example of that would be when I was in Finland um, for the second half of last season just how hard each, you know, every single guy in that league works on and off the ice and during games, and during practices, just how hard those guys train. So I think anybody who's played with a couple Finnish guys will be able to tell you the same thing.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think all the Finnish guys definitely work hard. You can see what they do uh, on the international stage. It's why they are, have had the results that they've had because everyone knows that they just work so hard all the time. Uh, what uh, what style do you think suits you more, uh, like Euro hockey or North American hockey? Like, do you prefer one over the other?
1: Um, it's kind of tough to say right now because obviously, when I was in North America, <coughs> uh, I really enjoyed my time there, and now that I'm in Europe, um, I love the game over here. But if I think I if I had to pick one, I'd say um, I like playing on the big ice over in Europe a little bit better. Uh-huh. Um, just some of the things, you know, you're playing on the big ice. You've got a little bit more time with the puck to make plays. Um, It's a little less physical, uh, a few less games. So maybe a little easier on the body for some guys as you're starting to get older. But I really, I really enjoy uh, playing over here now. So that would be my choice.
0: Well, I mean, it's not written in stone that we have to like that the one that we're better suited for, but most of the time it'll just wait because I think we tend to work harder at the things we like to do. For example, there are forwards that like to score goals, but they are good at blocking shots because they aren't afraid. So they need to make it work by blocking more shots, even if that's not their first choice. There's so many roles that make up a team. What do you think your
1: role has been on the teams you've played on? Um, I see myself as a two-way defenseman. Um, My main priority is, um, uh, you know, being a solid defenseman, um, defense-first mentality. I think, uh, you know, something that adds to my game is being able to add some offense, Um, you know, joining the rush at certain times, playing the power play if I get that chance. Um, You know, just making a good first pass, but uh, definitely defense-first would have to be my strength.
0: Okay, yeah. Well, I mean, and we all have goals that we probably write down or we have going into seasons and over careers. Uh, Do you find that you've been able to succeed in areas you've wanted to and and hit some of the goals that you've wanted to for, you know, each individual season or for, you know, so far in your career?
1: Um, Yeah, I, I mean, I tried to for sure. Um, I think at the start of every season and about training camp, I sit down and make a few notes just kind of, you know, how I'd like, you know, the stats to look at the end of the year. And I'm not a guy who's scoring, you know, 50 goals or a point per game type thing, but it's always nice to, you know, set some goals for for assists and, you know, some plus minus and things like that. And then, you know, kind of keep an eye on it throughout the season, obviously. Yeah,
0: the damn plus minus stat always creeps back into everybody's mindset. I right? like...
1: No matter what,
0: (laughs) no matter how, everyone is just knowing that it's not one of the good stats, that it's more team play than individual play. We all seem to get sidetracked by it, and we're always like, hey, what's my plus minus like? So funny how that happens.
1: Yeah, exactly. I agree. It is kind of more of a a team stat type thing, but uh, I think for defensemen, it may relate to us a little more on a negative side than it would the forwards as well. Mm-hmm. So I try to keep an eye on it because obviously if, you know, if I have a minus uh, beside my name on the stat sheet, then I'm not doing my job to the fullest. So I I do think it is useful in some situations, but it can, it's definitely a number that can be skewed. Yeah. Well, that's
0: a good perspective actually on it. I like that. Um, so, I mean, let's talk about last year. You, you won a Spengler cup and – finished Liga championship last season. That's amazing, actually. (laughs) Can you describe what winning those were like?
1: Yeah, you know, looking back, um, it was quite the year, very busy, a lot of games, uh, possibly the most games I've ever (laughs) played in a season. But, uh, yeah, I started, started the year in the KHL, the Russian league, uh, playing for Zagreb and, uh, um, my coach was actually selected to be one of the coaches for the Team Canada the Spangler Cup, and um, I guess you know Hockey Canada was looking at some guys and guys who were you know going to be allowed to leave their teams and come play at the tournament. So um, I ended up getting selected for that. Uh, also, did about five other guys from my team. So nice. uh, we had a good group of guys there. But that tournament was uh, it was probably you know the highlight of my career. It was such a cool tournament. Um, team Canada treats the players and their families so well. And, you know, to be in Switzerland in the mountains at Christmas time, um, you know, you can't make that up. So it was, it was a great experience. And to top it all off, we ended up winning the tournament. So it just made things that much more special.
0: Wow, that's awesome. I know I, we, we were following along uh, and it was great to see, you know, you contributing to the team and, such a prestigious tournament that's something that a lot of people especially in Europe look forward to cuz there's not too many teams i think there's only it used to be four or so and now is it six teams that are in it is that how it works
1: um i forget i think there was four yeah. teams you know davos is always the host yeah. team and then team canada as well and i think there's uh two or three more actually yes. so maybe five teams yeah
0: there's like and they're like and i think they get invited uh, I'm I'm not sure if it's dependent on how they do in the season or not, or if there's just random invites. But it's a pretty awesome tournament, and it gets a lot of good coverage over in Europe. So that's it's pretty prestigious, and it's really good. Um, I mean, I know you've brought value to all those teams. Uh, now having played over 500 professional games, that's that's a, a pretty impressive. Uh, A lot of people would, most people would probably do anything for just one of those. So do you get a chance to put that into perspective, even though you're in the middle of your career, the odds that you have to overcome to play as long as you have?
1: Yeah. You know, you don't really think about it until, uh, until you kind of hear that number or, or, you know, check out how many games (laughs) you've actually played and then sit back and think about it, I guess. But, uh, you know, not, now that you mention it, it it's a ton of games. You know, obviously, not too many people can say, you know, they, they're in the shoes that we are. No, you know? Oh, so.
0: it's, a, it's, pretty, it's pretty amazing. And it's amazing how it, it, like, adds up so fast. And you just, you're just you just so focused on playing the game so you don't realize that, oh, my God, I'm over 500 now. Like, where did the time go? You know, like, I feel like it, I'm still that 15-year-old kid trying to decide, you know where i'm gonna go train and and what team i'm gonna play on so like it's kind of so interesting how that works i mean being able to put that in perspective uh i mean have you i mean like to do that while you're still playing do you find you don't concentrate on it or is it something that you'll you'll look back when you're done playing and, and take a take a quick uh, second to look it all over
1: yeah, I mean, currently not really, not really thinking about it. I think it's one of those things that, you know, once you're done or kind of closer towards, you know, the end of your career, you might sit back and, you know, reminisce about it. But right now it just seems that uh, every year goes by faster than the next. And like we were talking about earlier, it's hard to believe that, you know, you're in your 12th year pro and I'm in my eighth already. So it does go by fast and you got to sit back and kind of appreciate, you know, where we are.
0: Absolutely.
1: And now, do you like stats?
0: Like, not just goals and assists, but, like, any stats? Do you, do you keep track of them? Like, how do, you, how do you view stats? And do you have a favorite one?
1: Um, I like, I'm not a big stats guy, but there's definitely some that I try to do uh, individually. And uh, for my game, you know, I kind of try to tailor it to, you know, hits block shots, things like that. Obviously, you know, everyone goals and assists and points are are pretty easy to track, but uh, I think for me, um, one thing I've found over my career is if I'm I'm playing physical, uh, I tend to have a better game. You know, I'm more involved. My feet are moving more, so that's probably the biggest one that I try to keep track of, and if there's a couple games, you know, where I'm having not as many hits as i feel like i should be then i try to go back and you know see where i can improve that and then see how my game turns out those next couple
0: yeah i I mean i find especially when you're playing physical that it's all about mindset and how you approach the games and you know that you got to go to battle every night against some big guys i mean let's be honest there's some big guys that we've played against over the course of our careers and having to do that on a nightly basis is, is not really, it's not for the faint of heart. I mean, you know, you got to go up against guys like, I don't know. Can you think of someone that, you know, might've been like a really big imposing force. I mean, when I was first starting, I played with a guy named Dale and He was just a, a beast out there. And you know, play against guys that, you know, are so big and so demanding physically that you got to go and you got to, now you got to battle for this guy, for the puck with this guy in the corner. So, I mean, I think that that mindset is where it comes into play and, you know, having, having that as a goal to get you engaged in the game speaks volume to, you know, how you're self-aware about like what gets you in the right frame of mind and and what makes you be successful. So kudos to you for being self-aware enough to, to know what your strengths are and how to get you back to those areas of strength. Um, So that's a, that's a pretty pretty awesome uh, thing that we just discovered there. So that's pretty, that's pretty cool.
1: What's the stat that you look at for your game individually, Bernie? You know what? For me, I like shot
0: attempts at goal. I think that for me, like I, I like to play a more of an offensive game and, and move the puck well. But I notice that I'm really engaged in the game when I'm getting a lot of shots through to the net. Because it it gives me a little bit of confidence and it keeps me being aggressive, so it keeps me on my toes going towards the other team, and I find that when I'm in the defensive zone, I'm trying to get the puck back quickly and and get on the in the transition game and get on the offense quickly. So that's that's something. That's a good question. That, that's something that I put down on paper most time most nights. It, is that I want to have like between seven to ten shots a game just because it gets me thinking offense and aggressive
1: so yeah exactly i I can definitely agree with you on the shooting you know when you when you when you're shooting them good and you know you're getting them by the shot blockers in the offensive zone and um it definitely gets the confidence going early in the game, and if you can continue that and like you said, if your goal is seven to ten shots a night that's a lot and you know, that's going to create a lot of extra chances for your team on the offense as well.
0: Yeah. Uh I think that that's something that really helps me with what I'm trying to achieve. And I know everyone has their own thing that they're trying to accomplish. So, I mean, you with your, the, the um, being engaged physically and, and me with getting shots towards net, I think it's, it's just self-awareness, right? Like knowing what gets you to have confidence that you can play well so that, you know, you're not always going to be in a position to make a big hit or to battle for the puck. Sometimes you're going to be making outlet passes and, or I'm not always going to be in positions to be taking shots on the blue line. But when we get into those areas, we're ready and we've prepared for it. So that's something that uh, I think is, is pretty, pretty cool to see. Um, I'll take a quick second here to, uh, I, We got a little interesting uh, thing that I'd like to do on the podcast when we have uh, our guests on. And, you know, I I asked Blake briefly before um, if there was something that was, you know, that was relevant to him that he thought might be worthwhile to spread some awareness on. And he had mentioned uh, his brother-in-law. So, Blake, could you just uh, expand on what we discuss briefly and and where people can make a difference and and what uh
1: the um the the foundation is doing yeah so uh my brother-in-law jeff perot um he was diagnosed a few years ago with als and um i mean ever since ever since the day he was diagnosed this guy hasn't stopped he's you know he's a hustler he's working he's never given up hope and uh, you know, one of the things him and my sister uh created was uh the foundation ALS Connect. ALS Canuck. And um you know, you can you can go on their website, it's ALSCanuck.org and spread awareness or you can donate if you like, but uh basically um yeah, you know, we're trying to trying to figure out uh a cure for this disease, because um, 'cause there isn't one, so He's uh, he's the toughest guy I know right now. And um, I mean, anytime I'm down in the dumps, I just think of him and how hard he battles every single day. So it's pretty inspiring. It's amazing how
0: that like the level of like love you can feel for another person and, and how much they can inspire us when it's them who are going through the really tough time and we're looking to them for strength. And, and I, really respect that, uh, about, about you. And, and I really hope that the, the foundation is able to do some good work and, I, and I'm sure that they are. And, you know, I, I don't know too much about ALS, but I know enough to know what it does and what it's kind of about. And it doesn't seem like it'd be fun experience to go through, but at the same time, the mindset of people around them, um, is really important and that's when you know you have to have family and people to lean on in those situations and knowing you Blake I mean I know you on a personal level I know that you know you're you're definitely very involved and uh, offering support whenever you can so if anybody out there would like to help make a difference uh to Jeff or anybody else with ALS please uh head on over to ALScanuck.org and make a donation or donate your time or anything that you'd like to do uh, would be much appreciated. I appreciate that, Bernie. Thank you. No problem. Um, I guess uh, we'll we'll try to get back into things here. So you played the majority of your career in the AHL. What was that like for you and your experience in that league?
1: Oh, the American League. It was uh, it was great, you know. I, lo- I love my time there. A lot of different teams. Um, it was eye-opening and very hard at times. Um, I was traded twice, both at the trade deadline. Um, you can attest to that. You know, <laughs> you've been in some trades as well, so um, a <laughs> few. I mean, I played in four different AHL cities in five years, so it was definitely a grind looking back at it. But uh, I mean, I, I feel like I developed because of. You know the opportunities I was put in, so and the chances I was given. So,
0: yeah, the, the HL will definitely develop your, I don't know, like your your fortitude. I guess it's a pretty tough league to play in. The competition is very, very high, and and it's unrelenting. Uh, on a day to day basis, it's very, very competitive within your own team and playing against the the opponents uh, it's tough because like you're you're just you're just right there like you're you you know like you're right there on the cusp of getting called up to the nhl and it's such a competitive atmosphere that guys they really bring it every day and sometimes it can get stressful because you know if you had a good game the night before and you come to the rink, you're thinking, okay, is this my day to get called up? Or if you had a bad game, the game before you come to the rink and say, man, someone else is going to get that opportunity if it comes up. Cause you know, those opportunities don't come that often. I mean, they come, but they're, you know, they're not that often. So it's really, really such a, it's a tough league to play in and to have played that many games in that many years is really impressive. And it speaks to your, Stick to itiveness and your fortitude and keeping on with that. So good for that. Um, you think that thought of the NHL still creeps into your mind now that you're playing in Europe and playing at such a high level?
1: Um, no, not anymore. Um, you know, when I was in the American League, that was that was my always my goal. Uh, you know, growing up, playing junior hockey, playing pro in the East Coast League and um, the American League, North America that was always a goal. But, uh, when I, when I came overseas three seasons ago, um, I was at peace with, you know, I didn't, I did, I didn't get my NHL call up and, you know, I was ready to start a new chapter. So I don't think there's been one time since leaving North America that I've sat back and, you know, wish I had stayed longer, wish I would given another chance. So I think that's one thing that players, um, really have to be at ease with when they decide to come over is, uh, You don't want to be second-guessing yourself. Absolutely.
0: Uh, These are some tough questions I just asked you, but I think it's really important for people and for kids, especially, to know what it's really like for an athlete to deal with these pressures (laughs) and and these realities. Uh, So I appreciate your honesty, Blake, and I know everyone else will. So you
1: played in the KHL. Let's go back to that. What was that like? (laughs) KHL, you know, I played there for just shy of two seasons and it was great. You know, the hockey wise, KHL is is the best league overseas. Um very high end skill players in Russia and the other teams as well. Um off the ice, that's a little bit of a different story. <laughs> um obviously people who are um aware of the KHL, I'm sure they've heard some uh some stories about it. Uh-huh. Um one thing the travel is is pretty insane and I didn't really realize it uh heading into my first season there but basically depending which team you're on and where your team's located but for us um we were in Zagreb Croatia and pretty much every game um was a different time zone away so that'll just tell you um how much traveling Uh, you have to do and it, it it's a grind halfway through the year. You really notice it.
0: Yeah, so for people who aren't familiar with that, how many time zones do you have to travel to for your furthest game?
1: The furthest game for us was uh, Vladivostok, Russia, which is about 100 miles <laughs> north of North Korea, right on, the, uh, <laughs> oh, right on the Sea of Japan. So that would be the furthest game.
0: Oh, boy. And you're you're pretty much in, in Central Europe, or at least you're on Continental Europe, uh, being in, in Croatia. So that's quite a hike. That shows how big Russia is, but that just shows the magnitude and the span of that league. And that's crazy. You have to go through, what is it, nine time zones? to? Is that what it is
1: to play there? Yeah, it's either nine or something around that. At least nine time zones, but... <laughs> All I know is we had to stop and refuel the plane about three times, so <laughs> <laughs> it, it was a far trip. But luckily, you only have to go there once a year.
0: I remember you telling me uh, one time that you guys would stay on Moscow time or something in something central.
1: <clears throat> uh, yeah, for that trip, that's exactly what we would do because uh, there's two teams, uh, Vladivostok and Habarovsk, which are um, fairly close out there, and then... They've also added the team in Beijing. So basically, you go out there for three, three road games, and what we would do is we'd just stay on Moscow time. So basically, oh, I forget what it was now, but we'd wake up around 3 in the afternoon, eat breakfast, <laughs> go to the rink and practice at about 5. Um, you're eating your lunch afterwards at about 7 or 8 and then dinner at two, three in the morning, and then you're going to sleep. So on a game, that was a practice day. And then on a game day, you're basically waking up at, like I said, two or three eating breakfast and then, you know, going to the rink at five for a seven o'clock game. So it was quite the experience.
0: Is that like really tough to, to do? Because that seems like it would be so incredibly difficult.
1: Yeah. My first year, it, it, I think it was easier because you had no idea what to expect. Um, I definitely remember thinking my second year, and when we went back there, um, it was definitely much harder. And I think it's because you know we knew how bad and rough it was going to be, and uh, you know we knew what was going to go on and what to be what was going to be expected. So,
0: yeah, that's that seems like it's miserable, actually. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, you know, if it wasn't for the hockey, though, I never would have got to, you know, experience some of those cities, so it's a bonus.
0: Did you enjoy your time in the league?
1: I did, for sure. Like I said, the hockey's the hockey's very good. It's, it's quite an experience, you know, to see some of those cities and see some of those players, you know. There's so many guys in that league that, you know, you play one night and you've never heard of these guys and, they, you know, that you're playing against them and they're some of the best players you've ever seen. You know, you think to yourself, like, how isn't this guy playing overseas in North America in the NHL? You know, there's just – there's so many good players out there.
0: That's, uh, that's amazing. We saw that this year. I mean, you see guys come over from the KHL all the time. And um, What's the guy's name in Vegas there that just went back there?
1: Sh- Shepachev.
0: Uh, yeah, Shepachev. Uh You played. You would have played against him the last couple of years then?
1: Yep, yep, we did. Is he, uh, is he pretty good? Yeah, I mean, he's on a team with uh, with Datsuk and Kovalchuk and minus, minus those two players, uh, I'd say he's the top player in the league. So, well, That's he-
0: pretty impressive. I mean, it's a shame that it didn't work out. more. There's got to be more to that story why he didn't stick over in in, uh, in Las Vegas. I mean, I know they wanted to send him down, but he didn't want to be in the NHL, which I respect. I mean, he earned the contract to play in the NHL, but it has got to be more, a little more to that story, and it's just a shame that he's not in the NHL now.
1: Yeah, you know, obviously we don't know what happened, but I read a quote, um, <coughs> I guess, that he said after he returned to Russia um, and just said, you know, he, w- he wasn't given the things he was promised type things. So who knows what happened? But, uh, yeah, I think it would have been fun to watch him a little bit uh, play in Vegas, especially with the, yeah. you know, the team and the success they're having so far this year.
0: Well, I guess it can get lost in translation the other way, too. So, I mean, it's not only for us going over to Europe. I mean, the Euros are all coming over to North America, too. So, that kind of stuff can happen. So,
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: I mean, to me, going back to you now, uh, to me, it's been pretty impressive to see the direction uh, in which your career has gone. Uh, having known you, well, obviously, on a personal level for five, six years and against you before that um i see all the hard work that you put in to achieve the things that you have and you know obviously i'm a big fan of yours and I definitely uh know the hard work that's gone in behind the scenes but uh is there a moment that you knew that things were going to turn out the way they have uh was there some sort of bottom of the mountain type feeling or moment
1: um I think for me um it was you know that that second trade that I was in at the deadline I was traded you know um it was two years in a row that I'd been traded I went from uh Columbus's farm team to Boston's farm team in Providence um I was going to be a under-30 free agent that summer and I knew you know I just if I signed a contract and I had a big summer training and that, you know, hopefully that would set me up to, you know, have the best year in the NHL that I possibly could. So, um, you know, I really tried to focus hard that summer and, you know, train with you and the other guys in our group um, just cause that was kind of, you know, it was going to go one way or the other, you know, whether I was going to continue to have some success or if I was going to kind of plateau and, you know, who knows what would happen or how much longer I'd be able to play and, I went into that year and um, I signed with Florida as a free agent. Uh, ended up in San Antonio in their farm team, and um, that was the most fun uh, I've had playing hockey in a long time. So I feel like that was just a big refresher to my career. Um, I ended up having probably the best best year in the American League that I had numbers wise, and um, you know that set me up to be able to you know go to a good league in Europe for my first year over in the KHL and. You know, start my career overseas.
0: Yeah, and what a career it's been overseas so far. And, I mean, I guess you're just getting started on that. But uh, who was one person that you think helped more than all the rest?
1: Oh, easily, you know, my mom and dad. Both my parents, you know, from day one, obviously, any hockey player can attest to that, that their parents, you know, they sacrificed so much for us from a young age to, you know, even – even playing pro hockey, my parents were making sacrifices for me. So um, <laughs> it's it, amazing. It, it never stops for them. And obviously, you know, I'm thankful and, you know, give all my credit them with all my success. So,
0: yeah, it's amazing what parents will do for their kids. I mean, I know you and I are both new dads and I definitely I definitely feel it. And I I'm sure you do as well that that, that feeling that they probably have had for our entire life. So it's amazing what parents will do. Um, was there a specific tactic or something that you incorporated that led to all the positive changes?
1: Um, I don't think I really changed anything. Um, you know, I just, it came down to a mindset every day. You know, I just, I tried to be the hardest working guy, um, you know, in our group on the ice, it didn't matter what we were doing. I just, I tried to push a little hard, little harder, a little extra that summer and, you know, really focus on. This was kind of the make-or-break time.
0: Yeah, I definitely see that work ethic in the summertime. I mean, you're always you're leading the group and, and running, or whatever whatever drill we're doing. You're always ready to go, and you're always pushing harder. And that's, I mean, you can definitely see how those results have followed. So, uh, Blake, this is also genuine, and I know that it matches up directly with your personality. So. I and all listeners definitely appreciate all of that. Um, finally, let's go with the shifted mindset, this or that. Ready for this quick little uh, rundown here?
1: Yep, let's go.
0: All right, well, let me get that cough, by the way.
1: <laughs> so,
0: number one, chances or goals? Chances. Ooh. Uh, for a screamer or a player's coach?
1: Definitely players, coach. I think that goes a long way with guys.
0: Scoring goals or defending a play?
1: Ooh, that's a tough one. Obviously, scoring goals, but uh, for me, <laughs> more defending a play. So, is that final answer, defending a play? Final answer.
0: Nice. Fighting in hockey, yes or no? Yes. Nice nature or nurture
1: uh nature
0: okay 10,000 hour rule yes or no
1: yes i think that's for you know anything you can do as a kid growing up you you got to spend that time and put in the work and you know you'll reap the benefits later down the road
0: yeah you you might be at like 15,000 hours now <laughs> <laughs> Uh, speed or patience? Patience. I like that. <laughs> Here's a good one: real estate or stock market?
1: <laughs> uh, I'd say real estate, but if you can do both, you're you're ahead of the game.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you can juggle it all, sure, go for it. Exactly. Are you still a fan of box jumps? Yes or
1: no? <laughs> <laughs> um. The answer is no, but uh, now if we have to do them, I just try to wear really high <laughs> socks that day.
0: yeah, yeah, right, hey listen it gets gets uh, all of us at some point or another. uh I think we've fell in on different boxes, but uh, Denny will probably be proud of this uh that answer.
1: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> looking at my shins right now, I can still see the uh <laughs> still see the war room, war wounds.
0: Yeah, I still got the scar, too, so hey, don't worry about it. <laughs> What's your favorite social media platform?
1: Um, I'd have to say Instagram, because that's the only social media that I have, so that's probably my favorite.
0: Well, I mean, if you only got one, I mean, it's hard to not be the favorite, so
1: <laughs> that's a good answer. Good.
0: Well, thanks so much, Blake, honestly, for being on the show, really. Uh, it was a tremendous episode, I mean... <laughs> we could definitely spend a lot more time and I could ask you tons more questions and I know you'd be willing to answer. And, but I think that's uh it's good for today. And I think that you gave quite a lot of in depth uh, to you as a person, as a player, and a little bit into the mindset of a professional athlete um, so I really appreciate that. Uh, where can people find you on social and how can they follow you and your team's progress?
1: Um, my personal Instagram is parzy05. And, uh, you know, if you'd like to follow, you know, our team's success, we're, you know, knock on wood, we're in first place right now. We're having oh, a good, we're having yeah, a good first half of the season. But, uh, um, yeah, our team name's Ice in Berlin. Um, You can follow them on Twitter, Instagram, anything. So appreciate that.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, so there you have it, guys. Go give Blake and Ice Bear in Berlin a follow and let them know that they, they just inherited some new fans. And uh, Blake, really appreciate you being on the show. Um, good luck the rest of the season. Hopefully you guys can stay in first place and take the championship home. I mean, that would be great. And just add to your... <laughs> list of accolades overseas and your hockey career in general. And that's, we'll all be watching and we really appreciate that. Thanks, Bernie. Thanks for having me on the show. No problem. Thanks again uh, for being on the show. Blake is such a tremendous person. I'm really glad for all the things he's been able to accomplish for all you kids out there looking for a role model, someone to identify with, Check out Blake and follow him along on his journey. He's really a good role model and a good person to look up to. Does things the right way. And he's also making a difference positively within the hockey community. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of Shifted Radio, guys. If you liked this episode, it would really mean a lot to us if you left us a review on iTunes or subscribed to our station on Anchor. It lets other people know about us. Also, you can follow us on Instagram or any other social media at Shifted Hockey. Let us know what you thought. Until next time, keep working on your mindset. It will pay off in the long run.